Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. On this week's episode of 1111 Talk Radio, I engage in a deep and rich conversation with Matt O'Neill, CEO of Matt O'Neill Real Estate, located in Charleston, South Carolina. After years of operating his successful real estate company, he knew he was destined for more and wanted to make an impact on the world. That's when he founded the Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill Podcast, and he invited me to be on. In this powerful conversation, you're going to learn about humanity, a little bit about signs and symbols, and how we navigate this world, especially during challenging times. This is an opportunity to understand how all of our expression of humanity is open and available to us, and how this also contributes to how we experience all of our moods as good moods. Enjoy the show. Today, we are talking with Simran Singh, author of six books, including Conversations with the Universe and Seven Blessings of Human Experience. Simran, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, Matt. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Oh, same. And and you're in studio. It's so nice to be able to sit right here with you the whole time. I agree. When you gave me that chance, it was like, you know, what better than to be person to person, heart to heart, because... We've lived in a world that the past few years, it's been so much about separation that I think now more than ever, it's about unity. It's about coming together. It's about really seeing eye to eye, heart to heart, you know, the oneness of self, almost truly embodying that word namaste, where we start to truly see the divine within another individual from the beginning of a conversation to the end. Already. (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about the essence of good moods, and it's going to be just a wonderful show. And today, you know, a sentence had really grabbed me, and it was the magic of life. And what we're going to talk today about is just how magical everything really is when we open up to it. And um, if you're loving the Good Mood Show, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get a good mood every week. And if uh, you have a friend who you want to brighten up, please send them this episode. And uh, Simran certainly knows about good moods. She is a catalyst for love, compassion, and humanity. In addition to being an award-winning author, she has published uh, the 1111 magazine, and she is a host of the 1111 Talk radio show since 2009, a weekly show since 2009. Um, And we are brought together with the Sophia Institute and you're speaking with them in their January series that uh, our audience can find at thesophiainstitute.org. So we had started the conversation today about this magic. What is the magic of life? The magic is actually that we have this opportunity to discover and experience our humanity. And most people think that they've touched their humanity. But the truth is, if you look at our world, there really isn't a whole lot of humanity. And humanity is not this large, vast swath of people. Humanity is the full experience, expression, and embodiment of everything that we are. And that means every color in the crayon box, which means anger, Depression, jealousy, sadness, lust, to happiness, bliss, peace, understanding, forgiveness, and unconditional love. The thing is, most people want that lighter spectrum in the crayon box. They don't want anything to do with the darker spectrum. But that's like telling a child who's sitting there coloring that they are not allowed to touch the second row in the Crayola box that they can only play with the light colors. And what would happen if we let any artist do that? We wouldn't have the texture and the depth and the richness of the art piece come through. And we are all that living art, which means we must express and experience everything. To get to the understanding of that is how we know our humanity. It is so profound, everything that we are discussing today. And that's the beauty of life. It's the beauty and the magic because when we let ourselves slip into that, 
we touch our more authentic nature, we touch our core, uh, that is the place that our creative capacity can come from and overflow from. That is our essence. That is ultimately the reason we incarnated into form. Because it is through each of our eyes, our hands, our feet, and our hearts that source presence, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is able to experience. And that's the ultimate reason for human beings even being in incarnation. So we talk about these seven blessings. And there are things that we don't typically think of as blessings. <laughs> and yet, if we can find a blessing and challenge, then uh, we can find a blessing really anywhere. We can. We can. You know, this is called the Good Mood Show. And a lot of what you promote is about feeling good and positivity and really having that outlook on life. And so these three books were written so that individuals would understand their multidimensional nature and have actually a manual for their soul to be able to live this life in a very present, very open and very loving way towards themselves first so that that can overflow to other people. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. So we can be having our entire life as this one giant long conversation with the divine. Yes, most definitely. And I've uh, really progressively woken up to that over the past five years, where at first I thought I was in, I definitely was in the world of the ego and it was accomplishment and prove something to somebody. I don't even know who probably my parents, as we were talking mm -hmm. about before the show. Uh, and then it, I started to realize that I was being given these messages. Don't do this thing anymore. I was actually being told specifically not to sell homes anymore in my real estate company. And I just kept brushing it away. Like, no, no, I'm doing great doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting all of these external goals I ever set. And I continued to be told in my mind, stop doing this. And then things in the, my external world started to get really bad. Mm -hmm. Lawsuits started to show up from nowhere about things that just didn't seem fair at all. And, uh, and I, I finally just got to the point where I said, okay, I'm going to listen to what this message is and I'm going to change. And it was really scary to listen. And that was the first, that was the first time. So this was like 2016, 2017. And when I just chose to trust, because there was a lot of fear about, well, how will I provide for my young family if I don't sell homes, which is how I had provided for my family. And I had to have this trust I was going to be provided for. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, I started to get more messages or I probably was always receiving them. I just wasn't listening. And then I started to listen more and more and more. And, I, and now I'm at the point where I just want every single moment to be guided. The, there's, I have a, a Course in Miracles here on my desk. I brought it in today. And there's a line in it that I've been meditating on this past week. And it's, a healed mind doesn't plan. A healed mind will pray and receive and follow. How, how do you feel about that type of a... Uh, a message. I love the Course in Miracles. It is uh, a profound and beautiful, beautiful text. And that statement actually is the crux of our suffering because we live in a very heady society. And we live from that mind that wants to plan. We live from the one that strategizes that maneuvers, that tries to do all these things. And yet we're never realizing that that mind is ego. And most of us and most of our lives, we are used by the ego. But what we're here to learn is how to use the ego. We're here to be used well by source, but that means mastering 
the ego, mastering the mind, mastering the emotions, mastering the physical, mastering the spiritual quality of us. And so that to me is why that we are not here to have the mind plan anything that if we can live in the most organic way, but that will send the ego into a frenzy. What do you mean? How, how will I do that? How will I make money? How will I take care of my family? What will people think? How will they do what they're supposed to do? How will anyone know if I don't control everything? Right. And it is that same planning that is a basis of control. And so, you know, one thing that everyone can do is if they want to really understand what's driving them in this moment is look at the mirror of their occupation. So you're in real estate. And oftentimes what we choose from a very unconscious place is actually... Uh, for the purposes of healing the original wound from from childhood, healing the conditioning that came on. And so to get into the business of real estate is basically this desire to reclaim your real estate, this real estate, this mind, this body, this heart. But what we tend to do is we project it out. So that's what creates our careers. And rather than realizing that's a message to go in to take care of and align that. So we could come to that place of the unplanned mind a lot faster had we just been present with what we were feeling. But instead, that visceral quality in our bodies drove us to the external. My business was the fashion industry. I was in the fashion industry for 30 years before I came into spirituality. And fashion is all about patterns, right? How patterns go together, how colors go together. Well, what do I talk about today? I talk about patterns (laughs) and I talk about the color crayon box of our emotions. So, you know, it's, it's always funny and the universe definitely, you know, has a cosmic joke on all of us, but it's funny to really watch, you know, how our lives unfold and there's no mistake in anything. There's nothing wrong with anything that we do. And anyone that even just decides I'm going to live here for my ego, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's all simply experience. And as long as we understand that and learn not to judge it, then we start to free ourselves from pain and suffering. So let's make this a little more practical for the listener. How do we do this and live our life tomorrow? How do we wake up tomorrow and live this way with the magic? Uh, It really is extremely simple, and yet it is the hardest thing for people to do. And that is be present. Be present to the moment. Be present to the feeling. Be present to what's in your body. Uh, Be present to what all of that is asking of you. And I know from my own experience, when that moment of trauma and grief hit my life in 2013, 2014, I can't tell you how many people kept saying, you just got to get on with your life. You just need to move forward. Just push ahead. And that's the message that we're given in this world. Get up. Just focus on something else. Just change your mind. Positivity in combination with feeling what really needs to be felt. That's the work of true personal growth and consciousness. We just have to trust. Mm -hmm. And I find that the more that I'm open to trusting that I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be better than okay. I'm going to be guided and protected and that all of my needs will be met if I trust. Yes, all of your needs will be met. And that is the crux point right there. Because the mind says, my needs being met means everything goes my way. Right, right. I get the money I need, I get the help I need, I get everything flowing. But getting everything you need might also mean I have a challenge Yep. to help me clear a block, to help me open my heart, to actually open a doorway in my mind that actually leads to the very abundance I'm looking for down the road. But I need to remove this block right now. And we're just trying to be comfortable. Yeah. And we expect life is always just going to be super comfortable. One of my thoughts is always, if I could just do everything perfect, Mm. I'll get to this place where life, nothing wrong is happening. And wrong is this ego definition of what's wrong. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes 
yeah, I just had a really challenging season this past quarter. So for three months, it was really a challenging season. We had so many different financial challenges and emotional challenges and relationship challenges all lined up at the same time. And I was just, you know, wondering, what is this for? Why am I navigating such a challenging time? I mean, much, much smaller scale, it sounds like, to what you went through in 2013. But from that place, I did just continue to wake up and ask, what, what's required of me today? What, what should I do today? I'm here. I'm here for it. And every morning I would get up and I would, whatever thoughts would come to me about what I should do, I would write them down and then I would go do those things. And it wasn't super enjoyable and it wasn't super comfortable, but what came out of it was a tremendous amount of change, all in positive directions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the real journey of the soul is not about life being comfortable or easy. The journey of the soul is about mastering this environment. Yeah, I, I find it really funny that we, we will pay to go to an amusement park and ride roller coasters that put our stomach in our throat, you know, or go through haunted houses that scare the heck out of us. Or we will go through trials and tribulations and trainings to... Uh, achieve something that will really test us to the very end. And life is simply an obstacle course. It's the very same thing, except we are learning mastery. We are learning how to master the mind. We're learning how to master emotions. We're learning how to master the physical plane. And if we can look at every experience that we have as simply our own personal amusement park, then all of a sudden we can approach it a little bit differently. And that doesn't mean that we're going to enjoy every single part of it, but it does mean that we will clarify what is worth our time, what really fulfills us, what returns us to the joy of the heart, what brings peace. And the more we clarify these things, what will happen is we will start to slow down. We will become more present. We will only pick and choose the things that matter. We will only be with people that really know how to love us and we know how to love them. We will get away from codependent relationships. All these choices will be made to bring one back to their authentic self, back to their true inner authority. And ultimately, that is why you came. It's not to build an empire. It's not for me to write a book. It's not for me to have a radio show. It's not for me to... Uh, become a famous speaker. None of those things matter. And anyone that goes through extreme loss and extreme grief, they learn this very quickly. There's not a whole lot of stuff that can rile that kind of person up. There's not a whole lot of things that are worth worry or stress. And so in a way, you know, the, the trauma, the loss, the grief that I experienced, it was the greatest gift I could have ever gotten. It taught me more spiritually than anything I could have ever known. And it was like walking through Hades. Mm. But I wouldn't trade it. I had interviewed Marianne Williamson. I know she had been mm. on your radio show. And I got to see her speak with the Sophia Institute. And she said, I pray in the morning and I kick ass in the afternoon. And she's just on this mission to... Uh, to make this healing like you are in the world. And, uh, and she said, I, our spiritual community needs to rise up. I know you said we, nothing is required. Everything's perfect. There are no accidents. I totally agree. And I also love her feistiness. Yeah. Yeah. Marianne's a brilliant, brilliant teacher. How do we know when we're, we're meant to just sit and when we're meant to, to rise up because sometimes we're afraid we're supposed to rise up and we've got the fear that's stopping us from rising up. And we're saying, well, maybe I should just sit and because I don't want to do that because I'm afraid of doing that. How, how can we discern when the right time is to take the action and, and not take the action? I would say whenever there's confusion, 
it's not the time. If there's ever the, well, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, or is this the time or isn't this the time, or I need to go do this, or maybe I shouldn't do it because I'm afraid, that's confusion. You have to wait for clarity. And that's another step. Like that's another place that I talk about that we have to come to a place of clarity. There's a knowing that will settle in on the body. And it's no different for a challenge like what we've been talking about or um, knowing how or when to sell a house. Like it's that when clarity hits, clarity hits. It could, it could be clarity for do I eat a red pepper or do I eat chocolate cake? Like it's clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a moment where chocolate cake is most important and I that is what needs cake. to be done, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then there's a moment where you know, okay, it's the red pepper that's needed right now. I've, I've always just felt so much clarity. I don't know why. That's a gift. That's a gift if you have your clarity. And I think it's an attestment to, we each have different childhoods. I'm a Pisces. You know, Pisces are very watery and we feel everything. My mom's a Pisces. Is she? She's a lover. Yes, she (laughs) is. She's a soft lover. She's amazing. Yeah. Just like that, as you're describing. Yeah. So Pisces are very empathic and we're so watery and we're so open. that We feel everything around us. And it took me a very long time to realize that the stuff I was feeling was not mine, that I was feeling other people's stuff. So oftentimes, especially, you know, up to age 30, I, I would take steps or make actions or do things thinking that I was responding from what I was feeling, not realizing that that wasn't me, that it was other people's feelings that I was tapping into. I'm a Taurus. Uh, my son's a Taurus. That's another wonderful Oh, beautiful. And especially with Pisces and Taurus, they make a a bond like this. Yeah. And so Tauruses are, you know, so intuitive. They they can be headstrong, but they they have to be about feeling. They have to be about experience. They have to be, you know, about moving into an environment and trusting their own clarity and their own voice. And and so it's wonderful that you you obviously had the counterbalance of the Piscean mother against whatever was being experienced with your father because it helped you anchor into something within yourself that was that space of inner authority. And either we have it or we spend our lives regaining that and reclaiming it. That's what just happened this past few months was I totally lost it. And then a message from a good friend of mine, uh, Matt Micheletti, I had sent him a text and I said, I'm struggling. And he left me an hour long voice message or a voice note and said, this is your opportunity to to regain your internal confidence and to really trust, have this massive amount of divine trust that as, as you pray and listen and follow that you're, you're being guided. And that is where your confidence can come from. And it was so empowering for me. It was like, it was the lesson I needed at that time. Yeah. And I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have needed to regain more clarity and more confidence if I hadn't gone through months of just rocked confidence. Those are the places that expand and grow us. It's it's like we have to go back into the cocoon, be the catapult pillar for a little while before we come back out and spread the wings again. And it's that emulsification process where we, we, we can't see in front of us. We can't see behind us. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what choice to make. That is oftentimes the most potent place for our spiritual and personal growth. If we can sit in it and allow it to be there until we get that uh, touchstone that comes upon us. And for you, it sounds like your friend was that touchstone But see, even those are divine prompts. He was being used well to then be a catalyst for you. Uh, He was an answer to a prayer. He was a mirror. Like these things happen. And and when we can begin to understand that there really is nothing that we can do, like in in the final book, Knowing, I, I ask a question. And it was actually the initial question, one of the initial questions I had um, before the seven-year process. And it was, you know, is it fate? Is it destiny? Is it reality creation? Is it a divine plan? Which is it? 
And the answer that I ultimately came to was yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all of the above. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter what philosophy you come from, whether it's Eastern or Western. What we must understand is what if this has all already happened? So many sacred texts talk about life is a dream. It's already taken place. Or, you know, when you pass away, you're going to look back and be able to review your life and understand, you know, what it was all about. But what if it's all really happening and we're actually reviewing? Then That's what is the control about? What is the trying to make something happen? Because it can't do anything anyway. It's a review. And so that's how I take my life now, is this is the review. I'm watching the review of my life. That's trippy. Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> A little trippy. bit of acid without any acid. <laughs> wow. So that's a massive amount of surrender. And yet, you're still doing so much. You're just creating every single week. You're creating the, a new show. And, and the, every month, you're creating a new uh, magazine, you're creating new books and you're coaching people. So it's not like you're just sitting in a lotus position saying, well, everything's already happened. So I'm just not going to do. I'm really not. I probably have the most open schedule of anybody, you know, the magazine is a monthly magazine. And six months ago, I woke up one morning. I'm like, I don't feel like doing it right now. I'll do it again when I feel like doing it. Yeah. So it hasn't been a monthly magazine for six months. I'm feeling the stirrings that it's almost time for another one. So it's about really tuning in as to when something is correct to be done. Now, does that follow the rules of business? No. No. But see, that's another lesson because in the second book being, the second illusion is the illusion of money. And we're also trapped by that illusion. How do I get some? How do I keep it? How do I safeguard it when I have it? How do I protect it? What does it mean? And ultimately what people don't realize is the metaphysical equivalent to money is relationship. So whatever you do with money is what you do with a relationship. And if you're not able to connect intimately with people, then you're not going to intimately connect with true wealth. And wealth can look like a lot of money in the bank, but I've seen plenty of people that are very wealthy that are completely bankrupt. So it's about really learning to choose things that are fulfilling and understand that you'll be taken care of. A lot of what I do, I give away for free. I've never made money off of 1111 magazine or radio. That was never created for that. I've never sold advertising. I've never thought about subscriptions. I've just never done any of that because it just really felt like something I was supposed to give. And yet somehow I've always been taken care of. You know, it just, it comes when it needs to come in whatever way it comes. And I think that we have to get away from this conditioned idea that life has to look a certain way because it's very hard to live in the space of complete trust and surrender and at the same time say, I've got to control what it looks like or I have to have. You know, it's our lives and to really step into humanity means that we start to open to a greater power within ourselves. And that means working smart instead of hard. And working smart doesn't necessarily require muscle, but it does require presence and alignment. So I've wound up a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Katie and I have four children. Oh, how precious. <laughs> and they're wonderful. You're busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've wound up this company I have a hundred people here mm. and I love it. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part is conversations like we're having. And that's actually probably where a lot of this came from was I just really wanted to help people that were here like feel really great. And it was beyond just make these sales and get this money. It was the, this whole life wellness. Yeah. And I still feel great continuing these things. And then I, you know, followed the prompts to stop selling houses because I think what that was doing was saying, hey, this particular activity is taking time away from what we really are going to be doing next. 
And that's what this podcast is. And that's mm. what the book was. And uh, that's where the time came from there. And yet I still have a very full life. Yeah. Well, and what you're describing is something that I describe in the second book of the trilogy. I, I talk about, the first book is all about the self. Living is about what we need to do to master these different levels. And the second book is really about how we use the individual for the greater collective, how we allow that to serve the greater collective. And within each of the seven illusions, I talk about the transition that has to take place. And in the illusion of money, I talk about how we have to transition from the businessman to the philanthropeneur. And the businessman is really all about what I can build, what I can attain, what I can, you know, it, it, it still leans to the spectrum of greed, a lot of which runs our country right sure, now. Of course. But the philanthropeneur understands there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with making money. How can I do it in a philanthropic way? So for you to have this company that serves so many people that allows people to have their lives continue and allows whatever type of business need to continue while you now transition into a different space, that is an act of philanthropy and entrepreneurship at the same time. And these are the slight tweaks that we can all make. You know, I talk about moving from teacher to example there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there, but that doesn't mean that it's correct for what we're doing here. We are to move from teacher to example. I have of a much greater service living by example than anything I can ever say. I write books because they inspire me. I write books because that's my creative capacity and expression. I don't write books to change the world. I don't write books to change anyone or to try to convince anyone of anything. If someone taps into them and they gain from it, that happens to be a bonus that they get. But that's not my concern. And that detachment allows people to be free and have choice. That creates an independent society where we then can work in interdependence. And so there are these slight tweaks that we have to make to understand how we remove some of the stickiness from the different aspects of conditioning that we have bought into. And we move to a cleaner way of living with one another, recognizing with one another and truly understanding that you're divine just like me. You're just as capable of enlightenment. Your experiences have already been pre-designed to get you there. And that's probably the biggest message that I have for anyone is your enlightenment sits inside of your life, your specific life circumstances, what you've gone through, what you're facing right now, that is your doorway to enlightenment. Don't run from it. Don't escape it. Walk through that door and be present to it. And that's the action we're going to leave the listener with today. It just feels right. You're, so if we were to give one one task over the next week that the person listening to this conversation could implement in their life and their busy life with all their plans and all the things and the work and the obligations and the how tired everyone feels from trying to keep it all going. What would be the way, what would be the exercise you would have the listener do? The simplest thing that anyone can do is to choose three moments in their day where they stop for five minutes. Take three deep breaths and check in with yourself. How am I feeling? And ask yourself again, how am I feeling? And then ask yourself again, how am I feeling? The first how am I feeling in the first breath is for you to check in with your mind. The second how am I feeling in the second breath is to check in with the emotions that you're having. And the third how am I feeling in that breath is to check in with your body. Is there something spasming? Is there something twitching? Is there something tingling? Is there something blocked? And to just breathe with it. That's it. I just, you know, we get the eye, I get the eye twitch sometimes and I'm like, hey, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I got work <Nope>. to do. <laughs> 
Gotta be with it. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. What is this? I, I, I'm always doing that as I have, um, different sensations in my body. What, what, okay. What is my soul trying to catch my attention on here? What am I not paying attention to? But I'll wait for the pain or the twitch. Yeah. I like this approach of three. And, and um, sometimes I'll set an alarm on my phone for three different times a day to ring and to remind me to take these breaths yes. and, and to check in. It's five minutes each time. If you're not worth 15 minutes out of your day, there's a real problem. You know, that's the thing that people need to realize. We don't take time for ourselves. And then at the end of the day, we can't remember exactly what happened. And so it's really important to learn to be present. And for those individuals that really want to do the deep work of soul, my recommendation is order the trilogy, read one paragraph in living in the morning, one paragraph in being in the afternoon, and one paragraph in knowing in the evening. You will move through some very deep work at a very tender pace and it will uncover things for you in a way that doesn't have to be painful. We can, yeah, we can learn without mm -hmm. having to go through yes. the fire. Yes. The fire is a way to do it though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to burn off, you know, what, what we've acquired and, and that's where the Phoenix rises. I'd love to also take the audience through a meditation, just an opportunity to deepen, to center into the heart and understand how we can experience a completely different paradigm, no matter what's going on outside of us. And begin to breathe. Inhaling and exhaling deeply. Finding your form. Being in your body. Starting with your identity beginning with knowing exactly who you think you are. The personality, the identity, the body, the past, the future, the present, the people, the places, the things. Bring them all into the body, into the mind, and breathe. Inhaling and exhaling. Find that line of light on the front of your spine and let it light up like an electrical cord, a lightning rod, extending high into the heavens. Send it as high as it'll go beyond our galaxy. So far high that it hits the void, the blackness of space. And allow that lightning rod to extend down into the earth, deeply into the core of the mother's womb, so deeply that it is in the darkest space, that space of nothing, that space of no one. As you breathe in and out, rise, rise into your heart, and allow the heart to be darkened until you settle there, aligning it with your spark, the divine spark placed inside of you from source, as source, as creator, the divine spark placed in love, Breathe in and out of the spark. As you inhale and exhale, it increases, it expands, it brightens, it widens, it deepens, it pulses. It becomes a flame. As you inhale and exhale, fanning this flame, Breathe until it becomes a fire. And in that fire, begin to drop your identity. Burn it to ashes. The personality, drop it in 
the dressing. Let it smolder. The past. Burn it away. The future. Let it turn to smoke. And breathe. Inhaling and exhaling. Letting all the thoughts attached to those identities and personalities to become ash leaving an empty space in the mind, clearing it to where you are no one so that you can become someone, that you might become anyone, that you'll realize you're everyone. Inhale and exhale and allow the throat to drip down everything it's been holding into this fire that it melts away all of the hardened edges and the crud that is being held inside so that you can allow a free flow of breath and word. Inhale and exhale, allowing all the feelings that are sitting high and crusted on the walls of the heart to begin to soften the resentments to pour into the fire, the anger, the grief, the sadness, the separation, the dreams, the future possibilities, the joys, even the discomfort of letting all that drop down. For you deserve greater, you deserve more, you deserve beyond what your mind can even imagine. Inhale and exhale. And in this place of blackness with the fire burning, begin to vision who you really are, the expansiveness as you hear whispering from the flame. I am energy spiraling and shifting, holding space, standing in stillness. I am sensory. I am movement. I am the confetti of celebration, the exhilaration of inspiration. I embrace everything, holding no judgment, having no time, for I am timeless. I am boundless. Dropping down into the throat, feeling steadfast in one direction, speaking the word, embracing all creation as perfection, activating the full capacity of conception, amplifying the truth of the moment, this momentous moment, bringing forth the emotions that have been hidden, initiating things into completion, you steward sacred beginnings and sacred endings. You are the vibration of like manifestation, co-creating with all creation, conceptualizing into form, facilitating birth in the unknown, midwifing wholly new beginnings, bringing dreams into reality, precious dreams, unknown dreams of fulfillment. See which has not been seen, to be which has not been. Place upon your line of light the things that you would have, the things that would create fulfillment, the things beyond this world. Place on your line of light sovereignty, freedom, radiance, bounteousness, fluorescence, incandescence, beauty, truth, brilliance, purity, freshness, place upon your line of light 
things that will fill your heart. Community, creation, expression, voice, pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, intelligence, place upon your line of light with intentional presence, the truth. I create my reality. I awaken the higher power of creativity in my life. I open to the purity of being. I wait for inspired action. Inspired action. I wait. I wait. I wait until I'm inspired to act. I place my mind behind my eyes and hold with true focus and vision that which I desire. I see it clearly. I hold the vision. I keep the focus. I inhale and exhale nothing but creation. I put my blinders on to anything that would distract me. I keep my vision clear. I keep my heart open. I keep my core aligned. Inhale and exhale. Bringing down the force of creation into you, knowing it has always been you, it has been waiting to express through you, ask your heart, what would I have now? inside of you the vision of yourself for you are the lover you are the beloved and between the two of you and the shadow that follows you you have the full creative capacity to create anything that you desire it is in your divine order to succeed it is in your divine birthright to be blessed it is in your divine inheritance to fulfill your mother, father, God's wishes. As they stand in celebration for all of who you are. Inhale and exhale, bringing your attention back to your line of light. Inhale and exhale bringing your attention to your back against the chair. Inhale and exhale, becoming aware of your seat on the chair. Inhale and exhale, becoming aware of your hands on your lap. Inhale and exhale, become aware of your feet on the floor. And inhale and exhale, slowly bringing yourself back into the room, casting your eyes downward gently and opening them when you're ready. Inhaling in love, holding the space of love, exhaling with love. 
Inhale and exhale deeply, shaking out your body and gently returning to the space. This has been so fun. I've just really <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh, a very profound conversation. I want to thank Carolyn Rivers and the Sophia Institute for introducing us. Yeah, it's a wonderful organization. They really bring in some beautiful teachers and have some amazing workshops and different things. So I invite you know everyone that does not know about the Sophia Institute to find out more, to get involved, to get on their email list and just partake of whatever you know calls to them. I think it's important that we all do this work at this time. I agree. Yeah, it's the sophiainstitute.org. As Simran said, you can sign up for their email newsletter. It's how I got involved initially. And um, and you're speaking coming up, uh, I think, in two weeks. Yes, there's a powerful course being offered right now with three uh, different teachers. And uh, people can attend in person or hybrid, or they will get the recordings. And uh, I know Sundar's breath work is amazing. It's a beautiful way to get into the body and to relieve some of the visceral energies that are there. And Nicola will open everyone's you know heart up with her love and wisdom. And I'll bring in some more of the magic and talk about navigating life. And if you know someone that could use more magic, send them a text. Let them know about this conversation. And, and how could people learn more from you? Uh, they can go to either of my websites, 1111mag.com has all of my free podcasts and the magazines. And imsimran.com has all of my books and my coaching. I just love this. Thank you so much for oh, being here. Oh, it's been here. a delight. I love the, the wealth and breadth of uh, consciousness that you bring to the conversations, the presence. You've obviously done your own work. And I think that you have this charismatic capacity to really come across to a lot of individuals in a beautiful way. But I also see that you could be incredibly powerful as a, a guide for men. I think there's a lot of men out there right now that are seeking their true strength and power. And so to see a, a man that is balancing his masculine and feminine side so beautifully is, is wonderful. Oh, thank you for saying that. And thanks for being here. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.